Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this past several months as Thanksgiving has come, as Christmas time has now come and gone. I know that as these two holidays approach, my heart always begins to rejoice as I look and recall all the many blessings that God has bestowed upon me and my family. And how could we not all rejoice as we begin to to look and to see the grace and the blessings that God has bestowed upon us? I needed an extra measure of that grace last Thanksgiving Eve as my family had planned, like many of you, to get together and celebrate the holiday. We were really looking forward to spending time together. My mother from Atlanta and a cousin decided that they would drive up and join us. I had my children and my grandchildren and my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, and everyone was gathered together to go and have a good time on Thanksgiving Eve out at a local restaurant. I was excited about it and drove home from the office several times during the day to check with my wife and to make sure the plans were going just right and uh, also to greet my mother and my cousin as they had arrived. And we were all just looking to a very festive evening. But while I was driving back and forth from the office to home, I had this warning light go off on my dashboard. Some of you had that happen. It's that little gas pump figurine. It's there on your dashboard, and it began to flicker. And I knew that I was going to be running on empty if I didn't do something about it. But it just begun, you know, so I thought, well, I've got plenty of time, and, and I'll take care of it later. Well, later never came. I got home later that evening, and we all went out to the restaurant, had a great time together. I took my mother and my cousin back to the hotel in which they were staying, and I was only maybe a third of a mile, maybe a half a mile away from getting home. And suddenly I began to see that gas gauge getting brighter and brighter. And the engine began to spit and to sputter. And that feeling of hopelessness and helplessness and lack of power just overwhelmed me. Have you ever been there? I don't know why we react this way, but my first response was to grab the steering wheel as hard as I could and to push down that gas pedal as far as I could to the floorboard, thinking that perhaps I can squeeze out just, just one more, just one more bit of gasoline, maybe. But I looked down and it was still on empty. But I looked up for just a moment and I had just a glimmer of hope that there in front of me, not very far at all, was a gas station. I knew I could make it, so I quickly put it into neutral and began to coast and, and thought, surely I've arrived. But there was one small obstacle that was in my way. Do you know what it was? It was a red light. <laughs> and indeed, it was red. No matter how much I yelled at it, no matter how much I begged it to turn green, it just remained red the whole time. And so I slowly grinded myself reluctantly to a stop by braking. And there I sit, running on empty, unable to go anywhere. There I was with this automobile that cost thousands of dollars, with this engine that was more powerful to take me anywhere I needed to go. But I had been running on empty. And now I was going nowhere and doing nothing. There is for you and I a lesson to be learned in this and that is that Christ comes to fill our lives because, you see, oftentimes we too can run on empty. 
We, too, can allow our lives. And Dr. Estep spoke about it several times in the last several weeks that during this holiday season, we get so busy and we run here and we run there. and We try to do so many things that sometimes we can even forget to stop and pray. Sometimes we can forget to take a long devotion to look to God and to know that he is our strength. He is our help. He is our refuge. And if we're not careful, we too can begin to run on empty and find that our lives are really going nowhere fast. It's a very easy thing to do. And I want to bring this lesson home to us today a little bit clearer as we look together today in the book of Judges. An Old Testament character named Samson. You should know him very well. Samson was born to his mother, and we see in the book of Judges in chapter 13, we're going to read just a small portion of Scripture there about his birth, but beginning at verse 1 through the verse 5, and then also verse 24 and 25. Now the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, so that the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines forty years. There was a certain man of Zorb of the family of Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and born no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Now, therefore, be careful not to drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son and no razor shall come upon his head. For the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Now, verse 24. Then the woman gave birth to a son and named him Samson. And the child grew up and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him in Mahanadan between Zor and Eshtaol. My, how an individual had come into the scene to rescue Israel, to help Israel. Here we find a very familiar story that should be well known to adults and children alike, for we have heard the stories of Samson from our youth up if we've grown up in the church in our children's stories and, and even from pulpits. We've heard it for thousands of years, this story about this super strong man that came into Israel's existence. Samson was a man who had been chosen of God. He was a chosen vessel of God to do great things on behalf of the nation of Israel. We see in verse 5, as we begin looking at chapter 13 once again, as the author writes and says, For behold, we sh you shall conceive and give birth to a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Samson was a Nazarite from birth. God had specifically called him into life that he might have a great position to deliver the people of Israel from their bondage. We see that once again, as verse 1 begins to tell us, once again Israel had fallen into evil. They had begun to do evil in the sight of the Lord, so that the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines. They needed a conqueror. They needed a deliverer. They needed a champion. And God was bringing them one. Now, after 40 years, God was bringing about a, an individual who could come and help them come out from the control of the Philistines. Now, understand the Philistines were a group of people who lived in the promised land, the land that God had sought to give to Israel as a blessing. 
a place that was flowing with milk and honey, a place of rest and comfort, a place of riches above all magnitude that we can imagine. And they are there to, to gain and possess that land. But we see that it says again, Israel had come to do evil before the Lord. And because of, their, because of their weakness, because of their desire to go back and forth with sin, God gave them into the hands of the Philistines. And so for 40 years they were conquered military. For 40 years the uh, Philistine army would come in and raid their villages and their towns and bind them up and possess, take their possessions and keep them from going forward and being strong as a nation and as a people. And so they needed a hero. They needed a conqueror. They needed someone to come. And God had chosen Samson to be that man. To be there and to help them and to guide them and to strengthen them. To be encouraged in what they were about to face as they would go out in victory. Samson was a Nazarite. He was a man that was separated unto God. It meant that he was consecrated unto God. He was, if you will, set apart unto God all the days of his life. And he was to serve him with every ounce of life that he had. It meant, as we saw in our scripture verse in chapter 13 and the following verses in 4 and 5, that, that being a Nazarite meant that he would not eat any grapes, he would not drink any wine, he would not have any strong drink all the days of his life, he, he would not eat any unclean thing. These were symbols and signs of his vow and devotion to the Lord. No razor was to come upon his head. His hair was to grow long throughout all of his days as a sign of humility before God because for a man to have such long hair was a humiliation. Thirdly, he was to avoid going near dead bodies or anything dead that he might stay clean and not be, not be considered unclean before his people and before his God. Thus his life was consecrated unto God, and his life was to be one of living in service to God completely throughout his days. He had a special assignment, which was to begin delivering God's people back into freedom, back into a position of power and prestige, back into a position of taking the promised land which God had given to them. Now understand that Samson was not alone in this task. His power and his strength, even though he was a man who could do great things, was not his own because God was there walking with him. It says, as we read there in verse 24 and 25, that God began to stir Samson that he might go out and deliver the people. You know, as Christians, you and I have something very in common with this strong man. We have a strong God who has likewise called us to have a right relationship with Him. And that all the days of our lives, we too should live consecrated lives. We should live lives that are sanctified unto the Lord. That is, we should be living lives that are set apart for God's own use. And it is in that purpose that we live, it's in that purpose that we exist, that we find meaning and, and desire that we should know Him better and fulfill His purposes. Like Samson, we have been commissioned to go and deliver a people, not, not a nation of people like Israel, but to go and to deliver a people from the bondage of sin that enslaves them. We have been called to go forth with a great purpose, and that is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, fulfilling the great commission, going forward, telling others that there is freedom in Him. And so like Samson, we have also been empowered to carry forth this task. 
As you and I know from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus told his disciples before he ascended back unto heaven, telling them, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Like Samson, we have been given life. We have been given purpose. And we have been given power to carry out a great commission that is to free others to know what it means to walk with God. What a great life God has blessed us with. But notice that this power is not of self. It was not of Samson, but it was of God walking with him and stirring him through his spirit. Likewise, you and I have been given a spirit of God to dwell within us, to empower us, to go forth, to set others free as we share the gospel. This power, my friends, always requires that you and I look outwardly and not inwardly, that we look up unto God and yield our lives to Him fully and completely. Oftentimes we do find ourselves getting so busy in life and and so consumed with life that we begin to run on empty because what we're drawing from is our own strength, our own power, our own intelligence, our own finances. In so doing, we will find ourselves running on empty Just like Samson. You see, Samson's life was one that began to deliver the people. He started out well. He started out strong. But then as he became a young man, he began to also see the things of the world and was pulled away by the sins of the world that were enticing him. You see, compromise has a high cost. And we see from chapters 14 through 16 of Judges that that Samson had to learn that lesson the hard way. We see a man who is filled with great strength and can do great things. We go back and look through these chapters and we see that Samson was so strong he was able to to tear the jaws of a lion. Samson was so strong that at one time he killed a thousand Philistines with with one jawbone of a donkey. Samson was a strong man, but that strength was not in and of himself. It was of God as the Spirit of God stirred him and empowered him. But the wooing of the world began to weigh heavy upon him. And we see in chapter 14 that Samson, as a young man, before long begins to fall in love with a beautiful Philistine woman and demands of his parents that they acquire her, that they go and make this bargain with her or her her parents that he might be married unto her. And you might think, well, what's wrong with, with a man wanting to be married? Well, it was against the Mosaic law that he would marry someone outside of their Jewish religion. It was, it was against the Mosaic law that he would marry someone that was considered a pagan. And yet here he begins to wander away. Here he begins to, to make those choices that were not good. Here he begins to see himself wane in strength. In chapter 16, we see again that Samson took up with a woman of ill repute, even a harlot. And as we go on and look in chapter 16, you might recall the story of Samson and Delilah. Another woman in which he fell in love with and began to live with for some time. And day after day, he never discovered, he never realized that this woman had been purchased, if you will, by the Philistine army, by the lords of the Philistines, to find out what the secret of his strength was. And day after day, she harbored him and looked to him and questioned him and and tried to discover what that strength, the source of his strength was. Finally, he gave in and he revealed to her in chapter 16, 
verse 7, he began to tell Delilah all that was in his heart. So he told her all that was in his heart and said to her, A razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaved, then my strength will leave me and I will become weak and be like other men. Samson didn't know it, but he had already begun to be like other men. He had already started making compromises in his commitment to God. And not even realizing, even though his physical strength had not disappeared, his spiritual strength was certainly waning on every front. Giving of himself to, to be with other women, giving of himself to do other things that was not pleasing unto God. And surely what was about to come about was the loss of the very strength that God had given him to be that deliverer. But we find in verse 19 of, of chapter 16, these words again, Then she, speaking of Delilah, began to afflict him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are coming upon you, Samson. And he woke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes, and they bound him with bronze chains, and he was a grinder in prison. Oh, my friends, here's a story of a, of a champion of God who has been weakened by the, the reality of sin that had set in in his life. And without even knowing it, without even thinking that it would happen, he revealed the very source of his strength, which is, was his commitment to God and this long hair that was part of his Nazarite vow. And there, as Delilah began to, to cut away while he slept, he lost his strength. Not even knowing it, he got up as the Philistine army was coming in to get him, saying, oh, I will just go out as at other times and shake myself free. But did you notice the words in verse 19? But he did not know the Lord had departed from him. Oh, how many times you and I find ourselves going about our busy days and doing the things that we normally do, never giving of ourselves to really recognize that perhaps we're running a little bit on empty. That we haven't stopped and taken the time to, to fill up again with God's Spirit as we look to Him to, to strengthen us and to help us and to guide us and to empower us for that great mission that you and I have been called on. Today, as we look around, as we see the, the weakness of the church, not just the weakness of individuals, but the weakness of the church overall in America today, it can be pointed to this very fact. That you and I as Christians, you and I as, as those who've been called of God, you and I as those who have committed ourselves to walk with Christ Jesus, have truly gotten so busy that we've failed to fill up with the Holy Spirit. And so we go about our days and we run here, we run there, and the next thing you know we're running on empty and going nowhere. Samson found himself not even knowing that the Lord's strength had departed from him. And the Philistine army came in and they, they bound him up with bronze chains where he couldn't get free. They gorged out his eyes where he could not see where he was going or, or what he might be able to do. And it says that he was put in prison as a grinder. All day long he was now like a beast of burden just tied up to this, this wheel that was made out of huge stone, grinding away the wheat and making in the flour, grinding away day after day, pushing this great wheel and this great stone. And so, like you and I in our private lives, we grind away at life. 
We grind away in our private lives, pushing with all of our strength and with all of our might, and, and yet our relationships still falter. And the things that we want to achieve in our lives go undone. We grind away also, my friends, in our piety. We seek to be more like Christ. We want to be spiritual in nature, but yet we don't give ourselves the time and energy and effort to to apply to that. We don't look to God as we should, as the Proverbs writer says to us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Oh, you and I every day should be looking to God and seeking that filling of His Spirit to help us where we will be empowered to accomplish His will and His purposes. In our professional lives, it's no different. We, we push away at the grinding wheel, hoping to achieve more and to, and to get paid more and to, to be successful in all we do, all the while neglecting the very one who will strengthen you in all things. All the while, Jesus says to you and I, in John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus desires to give us abundant life. We find in the book, The Present Future, six tough questions for the church written by Reggie McNeil, this statement. Jesus promised abundant life. The tough question, why do we settle for less? Our approach to biblical study must not stop short of application to life. Bible study for the head only leads to arrogance and dangerous religious bigotry. It misses the main truth. The Bible is a story of God's determination to woo human beings with his heart so he can transform them with his love and partner with them on his redemptive mission in the world. Did you hear the words stated? God desires to woo you and I into a wonderful relationship of redemption. That we too might be empowered by His very strength. That we might be successful in carrying out the Great Commission. Jesus has made it very clear that when you and I center upon our own strengths and our own desires and our own wants and seek to fulfill it through our own strength, it will never happen. When you and I are to to do the will of God and to accomplish the will of God, he tells us in John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and my word in him, he bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, quoting from Reggie McNeil's book, he shares nothing less than dying to ourselves will free us from ourselves so we can come alive to God and become captured by his heart for people who don't know him yet. Oh, my friends, compromise is costly. And for you and I to recognize that we have the very power of God granted unto us to fulfill the purposes of God in which we have been called for, and yet let it lie dormant. Oh, what sin. You and I should be calling upon him daily, knowing that because of Christ. Christ coming into the world in which we celebrated just recently. Christ giving of Himself to die on the cross and His shed blood being poured out for our sins to be forgiven. Him rising from the dead to grant us newness of life, renewal of life, reconciliation of life. Oh, my friends, we should be giving it every ounce of our being to know that power. 
But that power only comes like Samson finally discovered when we are desirous to repent and desirous to look unto God and to call unto Him for the help we need. In chapter 16, verses 25 through 31, we read the story of the ending of Samson's life. After grinding away for some time, after pushing as hard as he could and and thinking about all the things that could have been and should have been if he had devoted himself totally and completely to God as his Nazarite vow was so stating. Samson comes to the point where he realizes that he has made a huge mistake. And so as they were about to bring Samson, the Philistines were going to bring him and display him and disgrace him in front of all of their people. In verse 28 of chapter 16, we read, Then Samson called to the Lord and said, Oh God, please remember me and strengthen me just this time. You see, Samson wanted to finish his life well. Samson came to the point where he realized that that all the grace and all the mercy and all the strength that God had blessed him with and that he had taken for granted was something that he should have never walked away from. Something that he should have given himself to daily. Something that he should recognize was a great privilege to him from God. To have life and to have purpose in life. And to recognize that God walks in life with us every day is something we should hold on to with gratitude. And here Samson is after losing this great strength, after losing his eyesight and, and now coming to the end of his life, recognizing that there was mercy and grace in our God. And he calls out in repentance. And he says, Lord, remember me just this one time. He wanted to complete his mission. He wanted to fulfill the days of his life as a success and not as a failure. And even though it cost him his very life, the Scripture ends there in chapter 16 by saying that Samson killed more of the enemy in his death than all the days of his life. Samson began to deliver the people of Israel. And Samson ended his life seeking to deliver the people of Israel from their enemies. You and I have that same calling upon our lives. You and I have that same opportunity and purpose given to us in our lives as children of God. As we have come to know Christ through repentance of sin and as we've come to know Him as our Lord and Savior, He has given us a great task to go forward into the world seeing others be set free because of His shed blood. Today, as we come to the end of another year, and as we look forward to a bright and prosperous new year to come, let us do so recognizing that our power and our abilities are really set within the Spirit of God that's within us. And our willingness to yield to Him and allow Him to fill us up and live His life through us. I want to give you several suggestions in closing today as to how we might be able to maintain that fullness of our tank, if you will, and not run on empty. First, every day, remember who you are. Every day, recognize that you are a child of God and that you have been blessed with the the grace of God and empowered with His Spirit to do great things on His behalf. We are not to live a mundane life, but we are to live one of power, and grace in favor of God. To do great things. 
Samson was a champion for God. He was a child of God. And you and I have that same wonderful privilege through faith in Jesus Christ. Remember who you are. And live who you are daily. Secondly, keep short accounts and through repentance and prayer, bring your confessions before God who wonderfully forgives us and brings us into right relationship through repentance. Oh, my friends, God does not want to keep us away. He wants to draw us close. And it's through those times of prayer and through those times of repentance that you and I are able to truly focus upon what has happened in our life that possibly has drained the very presence of God's power in us. See, sin becomes a barrier. But that time of confession, that time of repentance, always is a time of restoration. Every day, keep short accounts. Thirdly, every day, fill your mind and heart with the Word of God that it might be a shield and protection to your life. The Word of God is there that we might know it and understand it and adhere to it and walk in it and recognize that in the truth we are set free. But in sin, we're bound up. In the truth, we discover the power of God and the blessings of God. For in sin, we only find death and destruction. And then finally, every day, yield your life to God. Giving Him complete control and asking Him for the filling of His Spirit. That He might guide you and that He might lead you and that He might empower you to be that witness in which He has created you for. Oh, my friends, there is no greater privilege in all of life than to lead another to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And like Samson, you and I have been chosen of God to be children of God that we might go out to release others who are in bondage to their sin. What a wonderful, wonderful relationship we have with our Savior. This coming new year, May you allow Him to renew your spirit. Renew your faith. Renew your hope. And to recognize that indeed, every day, God desires to fill you. My friends, if you are here today and you've never known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what a great way to end the year. And to yield your life to Christ, to accept Him and His salvation. To know that this free gift is yours and that new life and walk with God is possible. Simply by yielding your life to Him. Repenting of sin and praying that God would forgive you and come into your life and make your life new. Will you know to come to this place of power? May it be that God will bless you today in walking in His strength. Shall we pray? Father, today as we recognize this champion of the Old Testament, this superman of strength because of your presence in his life, may we also recognize that through Christ our Savior, we too are privy to that power and that strength. And we ask that you would fill us with your presence, that you would draw us to a point of where we might ourselves recognize our weakness and our failures. Oh, Lord, we have been grinding so often times in our own power and our own strength, just pushing away as hard as we can, but yet it seems like we're running on empty. I pray that you would just give us an understanding that you are there to fill our lives, not only with your presence, but with your power. 
there's one here today, Father, may your spirit guide them to that point of recognizing that there is newness of life, renewal of life in you. Bless, we pray, as we have come to worship in spirit and truth, and as we look to you, our Savior and God, may you be honored and glorified as we come in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in just a moment, if you've prayed that prayer to receive Christ as your Savior, or perhaps you are a Christian and you've been running on empty for some time, perhaps maybe even a short time, maybe you have been like Samson and you didn't even recognize that the power of God had been diminished in your life, let me encourage you to come down and bend the knee before our God, our Savior, our Lord Jesus, and to recognize that you can also finish well this year and you can finish life with renewed strength renewed hope and great purpose I'll be standing down front along with the other ministers that are here if the Lord has impressed upon you to make a decision today to yield your life to Him or perhaps you want to become a member of First Baptist Church and dedicate your service here please feel free to do that As some of you pray, as the choir sings, you come and we'll receive you.